0: This morning we invite you to Psalm 149. Psalm 149. And we'll be reading all nine verses of this psalm. Beginning with verse number one. The psalmist, he begins with, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the tremble and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of arm, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Let the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this uh, psalm uh, this morning. It belongs to a group of psalms. Five, which are here at the very end uh, of the book of Psalms, and these five Psalms are known as the Hallelujah Psalms. Uh, they're known as the Hallelujah Psalms because at the beginning and the ending of each of the Psalms uh, in the Hebrew we have Hallelujah which is, of course, translated in that of our English translation uh, as praise ye the Lord. Now, as we consider this psalm, uh, we are not certain of that of its author or of its background. Uh, As uh, you might have already noticed, uh, there is somewhat of a description here given to us in Psalm 149 it is the prophet exhorts to praise God for his love to the church uh, not much information really uh, from uh, that statement but uh, As far as the author is concerned, uh, nothing is given to us here uh, in the beginning of the psalm uh, as to the author like some of the other psalms uh, uh, that we find where David uh, is uh, actually named uh, as uh, the author uh, of the uh, psalm. Uh, Some have thought that the psalm, the occasion of it, had to do with that of the return of the Jewish people from that of the Babylonish uh, captivity, and that is indeed that of a possibility. But there is nothing uh, that uh, we can, you know, place before you and tell you that this is is exactly uh, uh, the occasion of this psalm. Uh, when we are in situations like what we are here, uh, we need to remember to ask ourselves uh, uh, the question, is there anything in the psalm itself which might give us an indication uh, of uh, of the occasion or uh, perhaps even that of the author of the psalm. Now with regards to the author of the psalm, Uh, As we look at the psalm, generally speaking, it is a psalm uh, of praise. Uh, And uh, David uh, is known, of course, uh, for that of his uh, psalms of of praise. Uh, And there are those who believe that uh, David is actually the author of this psalm. But again, I would emphasize to you that we don't have any definite information on that very statement. Uh, But as we would look at the psalm, I want to draw your attention to a few verses at the very end of the psalm. And those verses uh, are found uh, in verses 6, 7, 8, and 9 where the psalmist says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with Fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. Now here in these verses uh, we get the ideal or uh, uh, that of that of the theme of that of warfare, uh, that of executing judgment, that of vengeance. uh, Here at the very uh, uh, end of this psalm, in these verses. Now, earlier uh, in the psalm, uh, you'll note in verse 2, it says, Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful uh, uh, in their king. Uh, So here we have uh, uh, Israel uh, as that of a people uh, being spoken of here. Uh, And it says, Let Israel rejoice in him uh, that made uh, him. And so we have Israel, uh, which was known as the chosen people of God. Uh, here in the psalm, uh, we have uh, the phrase his people. And we also have uh, that of the word saint, uh, which is used, I believe, at least a couple times uh, or if not three times here in uh, the psalm. Saints, uh, uh, that of the holy ones, uh, Uh, Those that are set apart uh, unto God. Well, truly, Israel uh, as a people, they were indeed a people set apart uh, unto God. They were uh, a a chosen people unto God. And so the picture that is set before us here uh, is uh, that of a call to uh, praise the Lord uh, and it's uh, uh, Israel. Let Israel uh, rejoice in him that made him. Let let his children, children of Zion, be joyful in their king. And then, of course, we have those verses that seem to be like verses of of warfare, uh, executing judgment uh, of vengeance upon that of the enemy. And so from the psalm itself, we can gather that this psalm was one that was written, uh, it was written with regards to that of Israel and that of Israel's enemies. Israel's enemies. And uh, one writer brings out that it's possibly uh, that of a psalm here with regards to that of praise unto God for that of a victory that had already been won. Uh, uh, by that of the Israelites or that of a victory that they look forward uh, to the Lord uh, giving them now uh, that's the best that we can do as far as uh, uh, considering that of the actual occasion uh, of the psalm you say well is this psalm uh, just for that of Israel of old Uh, uh, is this psalm just for that of the Jewish people no it's not Because as we look down through that of the psalm, even though the initial psalm uh, speaks of Israel and that of Israel and uh, perhaps that of Israel being in battle, the overall theme here is that of praise unto God. And I would draw your attention to verse number four, which I believe is that of the key verse of the psalm. It says, for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The big ideal here is that of praise unto God for for him taking pleasure in his people. Praise unto God for taking pleasure in his people. (coughs) Uh, This morning, as we look at the psalm, we're going to go down verse by verse. Uh, In my outline, I've broken uh, that of the psalm down uh, to the best of my ability, and I believe uh, uh, that it's a good breakdown. Verses 1 through 3 being the first. Of set of verses that we want to uh, look at, and then the remaining verses, verses four uh, through nine, being that of the second uh, set of verses that we would like to consider. Let's read the first three verses once again uh, so we, we can get them back into our mind. Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. The psalm opens here with a call to the people of Israel uh, to praise Yahweh or to praise uh, the Lord Jehovah here. Uh, And as we said uh, here in the very beginning uh, in those first few words, praise ye the Lord. In the Hebrew it's Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. The first expression here praise ye the Lord, it calls us calls upon us to express that of adoration unto the Lord. And then We're given the manner in which we have a command to praise the Lord. And then we're given the manner in which we are to praise Him. And that manner is by that of singing unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. A song. That's how we're to praise Him. We're told here. This is how that we're commanded to praise Him, and you'll note it's not just any song, but it's that of a new song. Now, as you look back uh, in that of the Psalms, I believe in the uh, actual uh, Psalm that uh, Dan Dan read this morning, uh, there was a reference to a new song uh, in that song. The word new here has the ideal of freshness. Freshness. Uh, And so uh, the psalmist here is calling upon that of those who are being addressed here to sing a a song of praise unto the Lord and it be that of a fresh song of praise. A fresh song of praise. You know, sometimes we get uh, uh, into a rut and uh, I know I'm the one that picks out that of the hymns here uh, in that of our services uh, and uh, I, I, I'm told about it sometimes uh, but that's all right it, it, it's, it's good you know to be you know kind of nudged a little bit you know, occasionally. occasionally uh, but uh, when we come to the house of God it ought to be to sing praise unto the Lord uh, and do it in that of a fresh manner, not just coming in and singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. No. We ought to come with that of joy, with that of gladness in our heart as we sang earlier uh, in that of our uh, hymn service. Come into His courts with praise, with gladness. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. A fresh song. Sing in a manner whereby, beloved, uh, those that are around us know that that we're happy. That we're rejoicing. But we would stop here and we would warn that it ought not be that of singing as the world does. You know, we have assemblies all over the United States and probably around the world where there are people who get up on the stage and they dance and they prance around uh, and they, you know, have that of their loud music and uh, that of their drums and their cymbals uh, and it's all about them. It's all about them. Beloved, we should not be coming to the house of God to be amused by those that are, are, are up front you note know, here in that of our text. It says, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto who? Not the congregation, but unto that of the Lord. Unto that of Jehovah. Sing unto the Lord that of a new song. And His praise in the congregation of the saints. Oh, beloved. Praise in the congregation of the saints. If you're here today as a child of God, you are a saint. That may sound strange. But if you, come to, if you go to the New Testament, you find uh, that the Apostle Paul, that he addresses that of the saints at Corinth. Those who have been set apart unto God. That's what the ideal is found in that of the word saint. Those who are saints are ones who have been set apart unto God and by God Himself. We would say to you. Now, our text speaks of that of the congregation of saints. He, let His praise be in the congregation of the saints. Not just those that would be perhaps up front, that would one that would be leading, that of the congregation in that of praise unto Jehovah. But beloved, those who are out there sitting in the seats or standing, they ought to be involved. They ought to be involved with that of singing praise unto the Lord. I would comment on that of the singing this morning. It was good. Now the piano player playing was, you know, so-so. Uh made quite a few uh, bad notes, didn't I? <laughs> uh, especially on that one that we had uh, uh, printed out for us. Uh, we'll work on that. But beloved, when we come to the house of God, it's to praise God, to praise the Lord. And so yes, beloved, the the idea or, or that of the overall theme, the big idea here in this psalm, praising God For his delight in that of his people. Beloved, part of that is is us lifting up our voices in song. In that of a new song. And beloved, if there's ever one who has a song to sing, it's us as the people of God. For we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. God has made us anew. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto him a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Here in verse 2, we're, we have Israel. Let Israel. As we said, Israel, uh, the chosen people of God, Remember their beginning. Remember their beginning. The Lord called Abraham of old out of the Ur of Chaldees. He was out of an idolater. God called him out of the Ur of Chaldees, showed His grace unto him, and then from that of His seed, beloved, He made out of the, created out of the great nation of Israel. And they were His chosen people. Out of all the nations of the earth, beloved, Israel was God's chosen people that He claimed as His own. Let Israel, that is, the chosen ones, let them rejoice in Him, that is, in Jehovah, that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Now you note there, it says, let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. We have a pronoun there that sounds like it's singular here. You know, as we look back upon the history, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And Jacob's name was named, changed to Israel, wasn't it? And it was from that of Jacob or Israel that the twelve tribes came forth, which made up the nation of Israel. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him, let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Two relationships are spoken of here. Uh, That of the relationship of that of a father and child. We have the word children here. Let the children of Zion be joyful. The second relationship is that of a king. He says, let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. A king, that of the subjects. Beloved, we as the people of God, the chosen people of God, we are the children of God. God is our father. And not only is he that of our father, but beloved, we, he is that of our king and we are that of his subjects. And we're members of that of his kingdom. We're part of his kingdom. A kingdom that shall know no end. He says, let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Joyful. I ask you, where is your joy today? Is your joy in that of the things of this world? Is that where you find your joy, or is it in that of your King, in that of your heavenly Father, the Lord God? Is He your joy? Is He your delight? Oh, beloved, as we're going to see later on in verse four, where His delight. In verse 3 he says, let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the tremble and harp. Oh boy. (laughs) (coughs) Let them praise his name in the dance. And then it speaks of the tremble and harp. Out of instruments. Remember over in the book of Exodus chapter 15 we have the account of the song of Moses which spoke of that of what the Lord had done in delivering the children of Israel out of that of Egypt, out of the hand of Pharaoh and his army. And in that chapter, beloved, that psalm of Moses is a psalm, not a praise to Moses, but beloved, it is a psalm of praise unto the Lord for what he had done. And in the very latter part of that of the chapter, we have that of Miriam, the sister of Aaron and of Moses, uh, going out with that of the Tremble, I believe it is, and she dances above it. But what I want to point out to you is, is that there we have that of a national occasion. A national occasion of victory for the nation of Israel. Victory in that of their deliverance From that of Egypt, that of Pharaoh and his army. There was no tabernacle. There was no temple. Was there? What are you trying to say, Brother Steve? What I'm trying to tell you is is that there are. As was read from Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's nothing wrong with using instruments, praising God, rejoicing in the Lord, and beloved, there are Times where there are some things that are proper and some things that are not proper. Here we have a similar, I believe, similar situation as what we had in Exodus chapter 15. In Exodus chapter 15, there was that deliverance from that of the enemy. And beloved, as we've already noted here in the psalm, in the latter part of the psalm, the ideal here is that of Israel, and that of warfare, and that of victory here. And so yes, beloved, the use of that of the tremble, that of the uh, dance, that is spoken of there. The tremble in the harp. And, and that is the dance. Very proper for the occasion. How could they not be joyful. In the victory that God. In Exodus 15 had given. And supposedly the victory. Either already having been completed here. Or that would be completed. Now you may say. Well brother Steve. Why, why, why are you seeing all this. The reason why I'm saying this is that there is in this day and time what is known as that of liturgical dancing that is being done in that of worship. And, beloved, that dance is not marked out of the dance that we read of here, beloved. There is no suggestion here. There is nothing that ought not to be in that of the dancing that is being spoken of here. This is dancing for joy for that of the Lord. Whereas we have that of things going on today in worship services that ought not to be. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the tremble and heart. Tonight we're going to be looking at Psalm 150. And in that psalm, there's numerous instruments that are spoken of. Stringed instruments, that of flutes, Horns, trumpets. Ah, beloved, there's nothing wrong with using instruments and offering up praise unto the Lord. In verse 4, For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people, He will beautify the meek with salvation. As I told you, I believe this is a key verse of the psalm here. Offering up praise unto the Lord. For that of his delight, or because of his delight in his people. For the Lord taketh pleasure, it says. Why, why should we, why should we praise the Lord? Why should we sing new song unto the Lord? Why should we dance unto the Lord in that of joy? Because of what the Lord has done with regards to us. In showing that of His delight in us. And as we think of the song here, His delight in that of the, that of, that of Israel there. That of His delight in giving them victory over that of their enemies. But more important, beloved, as we think about that of God's people, that of God's pleasure, His delight in us, in delivering us, in beautifying us, In that of holiness. If you're here today and you're a child of God. It's because the Almighty God took delight in you. Think about that for a moment. Jehovah God took delight in you. You were one that He showed that of His amazing grace unto and saved your poor sinful soul. Undeserving of that of His mercies and His amazing grace. Yes. For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The meek here is the idea of that of one who will be humble. He will beautify the meek with salvation. I mean, is that not true in Jesus Christ? Are we not beautified in that of the Lord Jesus our filthy rags are removed and beloved, that of his righteousness, beloved, is given to us, is placed upon us. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. I thought this was an interesting verse. I don't know that I've ever seen sung on that of my bed uh, maybe in, in that of the shower I've sung you know uh, but the idea here I believe you know as, as we think of that of the bed you know you think of nighttime. you think of that of darkness uh, 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 a bed you know you might, you might think of that of a sick bed uh, uh, it might be during the night I've never sung during the night I don't think I I had to ask my wife <laughs> I may have in my (coughs) sleep and I don't know. But the idea here, beloved, I believe is the takeaway is, is that we're to be offering up praise unto the Lord both day and night. Let the saints be joyful and glory. Let them sing aloud upon their bed. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. As we've already said, these verses they seemingly speak of that of warfare uh, and that of that of victory, that of that of vengeance upon that of the enemy. Now we could go to the New Testament and spiritualize these verses. But I believe if we look at just that of the bare facts that What it's speaking of is is that of Israel as a people and that of them in warfare, victory over that of their enemy. Lesson for us is a practical for us. I believe we could say it is because we do have enemies. And beloved, we have one enemy that is one that is already defeated. He's the arch enemy. Satan himself. He's spoken of as a roaring lion in that of 1 Peter chapter 5, out seeking whom he may devour. Beloved, we need, as that of the psalm, I believe, would portray, look to the Lord for that victory in him. Our victory is already won. The other Lord's already put his foot upon that of the head of Satan, and we will one day too. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind the kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon him the judgment written, This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. Or again, Hallelujah! Now, what are the lessons here for us today? Well, as I've already said, I believe that the main lesson here that I would focus in on is is that of the delight that the Lord has in that of His people. Let us delight in the Lord. Let us delight in Him who has taken pleasure or delight in us as the people of God. Let us rejoice, let us exalt His name. Let us sing a new song of praise unto the Lord. Not new as far as that of doctrine or teaching, but beloved new in freshness. Let it be with freshness that we sing unto the Lord as we would come up to worship Him. I'm reminded of that of the passage found in that book of Revelation of John. And we need to be reminded of it. All of us. John saw a new heaven and a new earth and the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from that of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What a day that will be. What a day that will be. What rejoicing there will be. What a new song we'll sing then. As... The Lord is our God in our midst and we are his people in that of his presence. You may be here tonight or this morning and you don't know that gracious blessing of the Lord. We would bid you to look to him. To look to him in faith. And we would say to you that he is gracious. He is a gracious God, a gracious savior. And all who come to him in repentance and faith may know their sins are forgiven and know the hope of eternal life. And we pray that God will grant that unto you if you're here lost today. All right, let us stand, and as we do, there's an old hymn on the back of that of your bulletin, one that we've sung here before. We sing. Matter of fact, quite often. We invite you uh, to uh, get with us and sit down and talk. Uh, and uh, if you're here and God has saved you and you haven't been scripturally baptized, uh, we in the profession of a faith, we invite you to uh, get with us and uh, then we'll bring you before that church. Uh, Alright, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Don if he'll read some closing little
1: prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do praise you uh, for the joy we have uh, in knowing Thee in Christ Jesus. uh, That uh, our sin debt has been paid for, it's been canceled. Uh, Our Mm -hmm. sin has been separated uh, from us as far as the East is from the West. Uh, You have uh, put it behind your back, uh, never to be. viewed or uh, considered, looked upon again. Lord, we rejoice in this great deliverance uh, we have from the power of Satan, from the power of our own sin, our own fallen nature. Uh, Lord, we thank you for Christ Jesus, for his atoning work, uh, (coughs) for uh, the power of thy Holy Spirit uh, calling us uh, to thyself, Giving us new life in uh, in Christ Jesus, the uh, grace of faith and repentance. And Lord, we thank you for this, and Father, we do pray that we might uh, uh, worship Thee with joy. Uh, may we rejoice in our salvation. May it be our strength. Uh, Lord, may we know Your joy, uh, the joy of the Lord. Now, Father, we. Uh, Seek your blessing as we part. Uh, guide and direct us. Uh, Lord, um, and we know your fellowship. We pray this all in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. We will have after few services at four.